This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Greg. How are you feeling today? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. I get the sense. I get the feeling. Listen, let's kick it off with how we usually do things here. It's my favorite question. Do you, Greg, come from a family of entrepreneurs? I do. Well, my um, mother and father started a restaurant when I was a kid. And I don't know uh, if this happens very often, but that restaurant took off in one day and never stopped. <laughs> and. Wow. To this day, it's still going on. Now they sold it. It's been sold a couple of times, but it was just one of those businesses that just like they, they couldn't keep up. They couldn't keep up. And wow. so that was pretty interesting. And not not a lot of businesses are that way. So my mom owned uh, kind of ran the restaurant. It was called Mario's up in the mountains where I grew up. And then my dad had a plumbing company. And so he uh, you know ran his own company. So, yeah, I was kind of, you know, raised in that environment, which. I guess it's lucky, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's hard to deny like what you grow up around and how that impacts your life. But at what point did business for you become a reality for like you as a person, not like, oh, my parents and their business. Like, I believe I can do this. At what point in your life did that happen? Um, well, when my father introduced me to his uh, best friend in Manhattan, because my dad was from uh, New York City and my mom was from Colorado. And his uh, and his best friend is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. You know, he owns big restaurants all over Manhattan, you know, and condos in Sicily. And and uh, my dad wanted him to help me out because I was lost and didn't know what I was doing. He goes, no, nah, your son's too old. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he said I was too old, I go, well, I better start my own company. So I, I said, Hey, look, I, I, I can't work for anybody. So that's kind of when I started my own company when, you know, 25 years ago, actually. Wow. Okay. So I made an introduction and the introduction was for him to mentor you or work for his company. I, I'm not sure I got that. I think he was supposed to mentor me and help me out and, you know, give me a direction. And his friend just said, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he just said, look, I got bigger things to do than, you know, babysit your son. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you took that and then decided, well, then I'm just going to start my own thing. Mm -hmm. And was it because you had grown up seeing what you saw that you kind of knew how to navigate it? Or was it like anything else in life, one foot in front of the other? And at some point the foot hit the mouth and you were like, okay, well, that's not how you do that. And then moved on to something else. Yeah, no, I, I just did it mostly by default. I had no clue what I was doing. And so I think even, you know, Jason, you said it's more like street smart stuff rather than, you know, I never took any classes and, you know, to learn entrepreneurialism, but just said, you know, like you said, just trial and error, keep working at it, 
and finding out, uh, you know, what works. Uh, one of the things I was lucky to be exposed to is, you know, reading books and reading a lot of books because I'm an advocate of education is okay, but self-education is really where it's all at. And so when people continually read, you know, empowering books by people that know stuff, I think that helped me a lot. And so that's part of our culture now of what I do. And was one business connection sort of the uh, the thing that you started 25 years ago or was there something else? And then, so just no. like the Mario's story, you you started and then it just was a success? <laughs> well, it was not like that, not at all. It was <laughs> a lot of hard work and trying and new things. So mine did not go like that, like theirs did. Mine has been, uh, you know, it gets better and better every year, but, you know, it's still, you know, nothing like that. But, yeah. If that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm curious about is like what that was like, like the first foray into it. I mean, we know that you went out to it, but what was it like to like, okay, I'm going to start my own business and we can talk about how, oh yeah, you know, trial and error. Where was the error that you remember the most where you were like, I'll never forget this for as long as I live. Well, you know, the the way I generate revenue in, in what I do is it's a membership organization. So people join, it's like an alternative chamber of commerce focused on marketing. And so when I first started, I would go from business to business to collect like $15 <laughs> so for a month, right? And, and then somebody said, well, hey, wait, I'll pay you up front for a whole year. And so uh, somebody paid me up front for a whole year and I started to cry. <laughs> I go, oh my God, I could actually maybe make money at this. <laughs> so it, it was it was really pretty interesting but it's just like anything else you get better and better as you go and tweak it and change it and you know i just am an advocate of of inspiring people to create anything they want and that's really mm-hmm. what the organization is about now it's about education and ideas and learning but also you know to say hey look you can do anything you want and oh. so anytime we can run into you know, like today, you know, I was up in Fort Collins at a wedding on the weekend and there and the people we were hanging out with, we were at the Armstrong Hotel and it was like, you know, I don't know, four or $500 a night. It's so nice. It's such a cool place. And the parents go, well, my son needs a job. He needs somebody that, you know, he really hates working in a retirement home with older people and he wants to start his own IT company. And so I have the ability to say, well, let me connect you up with people that will probably hire him. Because he couldn't be hired because he didn't go to college, right? Went through like a trade school for eight months. So I just connected him up with somebody that'll probably hire him. And then he'll learn something that he loves doing. And, you know, I'm just an advocate. Do what you love to do. Because that's kind of the key to the whole game. Okay. This is the part where I let Jason chime in specifically because I feel like we've reached enough data points that I know He's going to make the case now for what he's seen in patterns throughout our conversations, entrepreneurship, all of that. Yeah, it's you go back to, you know, 25 years. That's a long time, right? So when you look at when you look at 25 years, most businesses make it less than five, right? So in this case right here is probably one of the I would say for sure, one of the most mature businesses, one of many of the most mature businesses we've had on this podcast. 
And being able to survive all those ups and downs and lefts and rights and shit sandwiches and right. All that stuff. Right. And to still be here today, you know, uh, in, in an industry that has grown a lot over the last probably five years too. Right. Cause a lot of people are into this connector type referral type things and so on and so forth. Right. But to still be a leader in that field says a lot about you as a, as a human being and as a business owner that you're never willing to sacrifice and never willing to give up. Right. Um, because it's easy to just freaking quit. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> any well, day, it really is. any day you get up, it's really easy to just go fuck it. I'm done. Right. And you know, you haven't done that over all the trials and tribulations. And we're not just talking about a 10 year company. We're talking about a 25 year span of time doing the same thing, pivoting, doing small things, doing all these things to bring your company where it is today. And there's a huge valuable lesson to be learned from that today by people that are listening. And that is, is you know, the rabbit does not always win the damn race, right? Sometimes it's better to slow down, right? And really, really focus on where you're trying to go versus try to run the race really fast, right? Because we, I, I've seen lots of videos. My kids love to watch, you know, kid videos like that kind of stuff. And you watch the rabbit just running circles and so on and so forth during the race. And that turtle just keeps on going a little bit at a time, crosses the finish line and wins every time. So there's a lesson to be learned here. um, And we're just really getting started in the conversation. But one of the first takeaways here is, you know, over time, it's like wine. A wine always usually gets better over time, right? So you nurture it, you take care of it, you make sure it's stored with the cork down and all these dry places and yada, 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 right? Well, it's the same way with a business. You nurture it and you can make it to 25 years. You don't, you treat it like a race car, probably ain't going to make it. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I always ask people, you know, why is Starbucks so successful? And believe me, I'm not playing in that league. I'm really not. But I mean, why is Starbucks <laughs> so successful? And people go, oh, because of this, because they, they, they have a logo, but they don't have a tagline or this or that. You know what? I always say they've been around since 1971. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually true. You know, so, you know, longevity, there is something to longevity. There, there really is. And, and also uh, still enjoying what you're doing. And, and I do, because I'm, I'm kind of an advocate that, the journey uh, is the reward. So the process is, is what's fun about life in general. And so, yeah, I still, I, I still enjoy doing that, which is fun. For me, knowing how much of an advocate you are for learning, and that's like one of the requirements as an entrepreneur. We were just talking about this in our last conversation, how in order to grow your business, you have to develop yourself through personal development and that personal development then grows your business and so on and so forth. And uh, it feel like it'd be a missed opportunity to not ask someone who is that committed 
to personal development and, and encouraging others to find their way into education in that sense. Uh, do you do you have any things that you go to, like maybe something you've read or studied that you always go back to and you just continually find value from? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm an advocate of reading the same book over and over. <laughs> or maybe it's just because of my memory. I don't know. But it, every time you read a book, again, you're a different person in a lot of ways. And so you're going to pull something out of it. But, you know, one of the things I really think a lot of entrepreneurs should study is, is, you know, Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie and, you know, the, uh, you know, Think and Grow Rich and that whole series of books, you know, 17 Principles of Success. I mean, that stuff really works. And, you know, Andrew Carnegie, you know, he really wanted to leave the philosophy of American achievement behind. And you can find it in his books. And, you know, and there's audio programs and all that. But I really, I really love that stuff. And then I, I also like, a, like a, an audio program called Your Wish is Your Command. And that was uh, something done by uh, the Global Information Network that's still around. And that stuff is absolutely fascinating. And it's really about a lot of it will incorporate Andrew Carnegie's philosophies and ideas, you know. And uh, so those are a couple of the ones I really like. And then there's all the standard ones like the Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and, you know, Zig Ziglar. And I don't know if you've studied much of Jim Rohn, but I mean, all yeah. that stuff yeah. is just tells people, hey, look, their success has a blueprint, you know, and and learn about it. You know, what's fascinating to me is that most successful business owners, they read those, right? They, they definitely have known them. They're familiar with those. We call them the classics. Let's say that everybody, it's almost like sure. it's part of the degree, right? Part of the, the degree in the streets of hard knocks. Some people read the cliff notes and were able to pass the test anyways, because they're, they're kind of, they're kind of designed that way themselves. Uh, it's funny though, because then you'll have other people who read that and can't think their way or sell their way or work their way out of a paper bag. And there's like a missing element to it that entrepreneurs have to some degree naturally, it seems, that others don't. And I, was, I have my thoughts on what it might be, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, because I'm sure you've come across people who have read all that and still can't seem to get it, anything going. They can't light a match to save their life. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if uh, people actually have read it. I think there's a, a, another idea you should study it. You know, because when you study it, you really are absorbing it. And um, whenever I run into a business owner that's really dying on the vine and not doing well, I mean, the first question I usually ask them is, what books are you reading? And they say, I don't have time to read books. <laughs> and I go, you have time to fail, but you don't have time to read books. <laughs> so I think the people that are really committed to the reading of the books and studying them, usually all, you know, high percentage of them do really well really well. It's the person person that has like a the wrong attitude of or frame of mind that probably won't stick with it much anyway. I see. Is do you, do you find that maybe potentially and this is all abstract at this point. Do you find that it's the people who are willing to take the time to reflect? Let's just let's just say maybe it's not reading but cuz some people don't just don't read whether it's audiobook, visual whatever. Let's, the the time that really reflect and ascertain where they are, where their mental state is, where their physical state is. People that say they're too busy for that in general, do you find that maybe those are all sort, sort of in the same bucket of people? whether it's not reading or just they're just clearly too busy 
And I know uh, we've had a conversation here many a time, Jason and I on this show, busy with somebody who literally said busy is a four letter word. It's one of those things where really that, because like you said, you're too, you're busy failing, but you're not, you, you never have any time to, to improve yourself. Is this sort of what you're getting at? You know, I, I, I wish I had the key to the whole thing, but I, I do think that people that want to succeed will succeed. It's almost like a decision. And like when it comes to the word busy, I have a, a, one of our members, he said, I will not use that word. It's not in my vocabulary. And, and I do the same thing. I, I don't want to ever, oh, you know, put that busy in my head because, you know, I, I don't think it's real. You know, it's really only in your head. You're, you have enough time to do what you really want to do. You really do. Um, and, and prioritize what you want. But, you know, the most successful people I know, they just, they just have great attitudes. They have great attitudes and they usually have a, a good heart too. They want to help people, you know, and they're accessible. It's not like, oh my God, I'm so much better than everybody else, but <laughs> they really are. They're usually very, very humble, good people. And I made a, a saying up a couple months ago on that is just work with people that are easy to work with. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true, you know, yeah. work with people that are easy to work with and usually good people that are really going somewhere are easy to work with. I love this. So there's really no fluff to the conversation. It's almost like a callback to, hey, remember all those things you knew were important that you were doing and then maybe you got caught up in the day-to-day? -day? Yeah, here's a reminder that yeah, they're important. Get back to them. That's what this conversation is really delivering for me. And so I'm curious, uh, what do you want people to know about One Business Connection and, and where you prefer to be like contacted and, and what your overall mission and objective is with this? Well, my, my main mission is to be the number one live business connection platform on earth where every day people can go and meet new people and expand their connections and, and give them a place to go where, like, say somebody's having a bad day, go to one of our meetings, whether it's virtual or live, they'll come away inspired. They really will, almost always. So it's really to be inspired in this world. And to have a place where you can go where you're part of the subculture, you know, and the subculture is entrepreneurialism. And, you know, I, I did a Google search, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, and I think I've done it before, but how many small businesses are there in the United States? And there's 31.7 million or something. And they make up half the revenue of this country. I mean, half the revenue. That's, that's like almost 12 trillion dollars a year is coming from small business owners. But there's also another guy that said, whoever put the word small in front of business anyway, right? So <laughs> that's kind of a good way to look at it. So every company that's huge started small. They just did. However, oh, wow. people need to, 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 to have a vision of what they want. And I think all of us, and I, I don't know, of course, about you guys, but I think everybody knows they could have done more. They can still do more. And we can achieve more. Um, so we're, we're still, you know, all of us have some kind of limitations that we need to get around and expand further. But I do believe that the entrepreneurial, and I think you even said it, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jason, is that you're a capitalist. <laughs> and Raging I'm a capitalist. capitalist. I'm a capitalist. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but why not be? Absolutely. Because it's the capitalist mentality that creates the, the life that is unimaginable. 
right? And so I'm really an advocate mm-hmm. of, of being a capitalist, being someone that goes out there and creates a lot of good things in this world because the world needs it, especially now in a lot of ways, in my opinion. Well, look at it this way too, right? When So if we want to do all of these great things, right? If we want to go affect the world, we want to do these things, what does that take? It takes capital to do it, right? Right. I mean, so, you know, if anything, that whole conversation should be looked at very positively, right? Because most of us are out here, we are, we're making good money, we're doing all these things, but then we're also taking that month, some of that money, and we're trying to do things that are leaving a bigger footprint on the world, right? Right. Um, and to me, that's, that's what business ownership is all about. It's all about that, right? Uh-huh. It's not just about, well, how much money can I hoard in and, you know, all this stuff, right? It's yeah. way, if that's you and you're listening, well, you might want to rethink that because you can do so much more by giving, be a give, 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 and most of the time, the the reception back is fifty fold, right? So, um, yeah. And then uh, you can do so many good things, um, not just in your community, if that's what you want to do. Not even the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I use a quote by Dennis Weaver, and he's he said his mother said, "Money is like manure. You know, if you stack it up, it stinks. If you spread it around, you can grow things." So the, the, the idea is really the more money we can make, the, the more we can do good in this world. Mm-hmm. And that's what entrepreneurs <laughs> do. They, they, they create value and then they get compensated for the value they're creating in the communities. And there is nothing wrong with that because then it continues to, to make itself double, triple, quadruple and exponentially increase as long as those values are held to, right? This is, this is what I see of like knowing that you're spreading it out you're, you're making it better. And like you said, when businesses, small businesses, if you will, make up trillion dollars, half of the economy, like you said, like, you know, like, there's, there's real evidence to point to the power and impact of people who are out there trying to generate capital and whether it's just to make a better life for their family, even vicariously through that, they make the world better, but they also create jobs right? You yourself create events that connect people on a consistent basis. And those connections create inspiration, which spark things and move things forward to have them continue to do what it is that they do. I I see the way this is going and it's all about impact. No one gets money for free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and if they do like through inheritance or something, they probably lose it pretty quick, but kind of a fun story. I, um, I was on a, getting on a plane from Florida, coming back to Colorado And there was this young guy standing next to me and he had a backpack and his backpack was blinking red lights. (laughs) And I'm going, what is in there? And so I asked him, I go, hey, Matthew, what's in there? And he goes, he opens up his backpack and it's filled with about $20,000 worth of video equipment. And so he travels the world doing video on yachts and all kinds of stuff. And he's 25 years old. And so when he got back to Colorado, you know, I met him in Fort Collins and he did join our organization, but he said something that I thought was really powerful. He says, a lot of people don't believe there's American dream, but there is. He said, I go to Europe and a lot of places, they don't even know what that is. But there is an American dream alive in this country that is spreading all over the world because you can create anything you want. 
and and he's a 25 year old uh i guess gen gen z <laughs> generation z and he's he's having so much fun but he knows that hey i'm passionate about what i do i can create my own company it's only 25 you know which is really pretty cool yeah no it's powerful what's happening with the younger generation and uh what was i think gary v said what what's going to trip most of these business people out on linkedin is you don't even know the people that aren't applying to work for you that's what you have to understand has happened in the world today they don't have to apply to work for you and entrepreneurship and the conversations we're having are quite literally making an example of why that's the case like you said with the the guy matthew he's 25 and look at what he's doing he didn't he doesn't have to go into it. He is the office. You know? uh, oh, so, yeah. So with that said, if you could go back to that day that they tried to make the introduction uh, to your dad's friend, knowing what you know now about business life and yourself, what would you go say to yourself then knowing what you know now? What would I say to my dad's friend? No, to you, to yourself. When you heard all that and they're like, ah, eh. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite understand the question. Sure. So if you could go through a portal in time and had a chance to right after you had heard that he said, ah, he's too old or what have you, I, you know, what would you go say to yourself knowing what you know now about life and business? I'd say, be careful who you take your advice from. <laughs> I've heard you say that before. Yeah, and it's actually from these <laughs> CDs that I listen to a lot. Be careful who you take your advice from. But the other thing, too, is I really have always been self-employed on some level anyway, because I've always been in sales and, and I always never was a W-2 person. So I'd always have to make my own income. So it wasn't like all of a sudden I launched an entrepreneurial world. What I had learned was how to sell. And since I knew how to sell, um, I think that's really why my company has survived, because I think selling is one of the most important skills you need in business you know, to acquire new clients. So I, I at that stage of the game, I, I pretty much knew I could do it anyway, just because I knew I could acquire new clients. But you know, when it's starting a, a new business, I mean, I had a woman on the other day. She's just starting her new business, and she started crying. <laughs> she started crying because you know, she she's not generating enough money for her business, and she's just been in business a short time. So I connected her up to some people that might help her with funding and different things. But you know, it's not always easy in the beginning, no matter what that business is. Generally speaking, you know, I think my mom and dad were pretty lucky on that pizzeria. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely dues that people have to pay. And if you didn't plan it accordingly, which you can never plan entirely, you're going to face that reality where how am I going to that, that big switch from earning for an hour of your time, which most people are familiar with, right, right. Uh, to then it's about value driven earning. That's a whole leap and bound mentally uh that that is something i think people work on for the rest of their lives uh but uh before i go to the last two pieces of business which are finding out where you prefer people to connect with you on the grand finale i want to check in with jason before we close out let's roll into it okay so first of all uh for me greg has been an absolute pleasure now i know about your organization but where would you prefer for people to connect with you, reach out to you, maybe even take a look at what you're doing? Well, I prefer, um, you know, people to call me on the phone. <laughs> I know it's old, it's old school, right? But no, I, I, they can connect up with me by text, by email, uh, our website. They can 
you know, I use LinkedIn quite a bit. I think that might be where we connected, uh, Jason, was LinkedIn, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the website, did you want me to say those, what they are? Yeah, mm-hmm. please, okay. please. Yeah, yeah, the, the email that uh, I use all the time is just greg at onebusiness.com. And that's G-R-E-G at O-N-E business.com. Um, and then the website is onebusiness.com spelled out. And then LinkedIn, I guess just search my name, I guess, you know, Greg Petrie or One Business Connection. And then the uh, cell phone is 303-818-2460. So um, I just, you know, people can connect me. I, I think it's good to be accessible. And a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are so unaccessible. It's like too hard to do business with, you know. So I usually will get back to people pretty quickly. They can also go through my assistant. She sets up all my calendar appointments through uh 70 at onebusiness.com and she's the one out of Venezuela, S-E-B-N-Y at O-N-E-Business.com. And she's definitely keeps me a little bit more on target. <laughs> I'm hearing the magic of assistance. I, I feel like I would benefit from actually getting someone, it would cause me to do more instead of looking at everything I got to do. You know, that's a whole different story. Uh, but uh, speaking to as many professionals and, and different verticals, I'm beginning to learn the power of an assistant. Uh, it's a conversation worth having uh, for another episode. But with that said, the, the grand finale, Greg, is if you could have invited anybody here to this conversation today, dead or alive, and from any point in place and time in the world, who would you have loved to have had here and why? Well, I don't know. That, that's a, that, you know, The first person that came to mind was my dad. You know, because my, my dad is not around any longer. He passed away many, many years ago. And he, he passed away pretty young, actually. Um, but he didn't, he didn't believe that selling was a good, uh, a good industry. And he never really, I don't, I don't think he really liked that I was in the selling industry. But if I could have, if he, if, if he could be around today, and he was a pretty, uh, what do you call it, uh, bigger than life person, you know, over six feet tall, 220 pounds, kind of burly guy, right? And and if he could see that, hey, really one of the reasons I succeeded in my own company in, in business is because of my ability to communicate and to sell, I think he'd be impressed. I think he'd, he'd like it. And who knows where he's at? Maybe he is around, I don't know. But, uh, I, you know, he was a good person. He was a, he was a, he was a hard-nosed guy raised in, you know, the Bronx of New York. But it would be fun to, to have him here. I think he'd have fun with it. Oh, yeah, man. And and there's definitely something to be said about somebody who understands the value of sales and what that means because uh, it's the lifeblood of a business. Uh, every CEO has to have that at the minimum. That's like entry a ticket to the to the park. You know? Uh, but with that said, those are my closing thoughts, man. Uh, thank you so much for sharing just a sliver of your journey. Cause I know it wasn't everything, but you know, in the interest of time, we compressed as much as we could, uh, but I'll let Jason roll us out with his thoughts as well. Yeah, Greg, it's been great, uh, to see you again. I know we just seen each other not too long ago in 3d. <laughs> like in person. Uh, yeah. Like that's, that's a, <laughs> what? <that's> a, <laughs> You did what? (laughs) (laughs) I heard of. Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, every time we get to have a conversation, it's always, always a great conversation. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. 
And, uh, you know, as, as always, just great to have you around. Uh, you got great knowledge. You got a wonderful background in business and that's something that needs to be shared. So thanks for sharing just a little sliver of your journey with, with our audience. And, uh, we appreciate it. And could I share one last thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Jim Rohn, um, many, many, uh, years ago, he said the biggest conundrum in life is to be, um, um, ambitious and content. And so I wrote a book. It's called B. It's on Amazon. It's just like the back roads of personal awakening. So I, I really think that is, um, I read another book by uh, Norman Vincent Peale called The uh, Power of Positive Thinking. And in there, there was a chapter. And I really think this applies to business, but it also applies to wisdom in life. And in that chapter, it said a peaceful mind generates power. So when we're in a state of peace with ourselves in this world, that's when we can have the biggest impact and generate the most power. So the reason I'm saying that is that's kind of combining contentment with ambition. And when you combine them both and you're in that energy source, that's really where we can have the biggest impact in this world. And that's kind of my mission in many ways. Yeah, passion and purpose. When passion and purpose collide, you are your most powerful self. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, hey, Philip, thank you for taking the time. And and uh, Jason, thank you. And and like a uh, like you use Jim Rohn's quote, let's let's do remarkable things together. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Right on. No, it was a pleasure, man. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.